Welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Free coming to you live from the quarantine cabin on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We are here every every weekday, Monday through Friday, and and I don't know how long that will go for, but for now, Monday through Friday, with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. I'll say it again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's how it works. And I've been doing this podcast for now seven years, which makes me feel a thousand years old. And it's actually insane. Um, But a lot of you have been, you know, whether you're new here, whether you're old here, um, I, I love all my children equally. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for helping spread the word. The only reason it exists seven years is because you are out there chirp, 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 telling people, telling a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa. That's how it goes. Making your Instagram story, that always feels good. Um, you know, and, and we're back with another uh, guest episode. I'm very excited. Oh, also, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. We're doing stuff on YouTube, okay? Go subscribe. YouTube videos don't just appear for free. So I need you guys to make these YouTubes feel you know worth it. So please go subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com. I, if you search Jared Freed, I put it in my Instagram story. Every day that I put out a podcast, I give you the swipe up for the YouTube. Very excited about today's guest, a first timer here on the show. Um, he's got a new book that's not... We You got some time to buy this book because it doesn't come out until 2021. But I, I don't, he is the editorial director for the Feed Feed, Jake Cohen. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Great to see you. Even it's in great the to see computer. You. I, I know. To, to, you know, quote unquote, see you. Uh, to, to go back. Now, Jake, what would you call yourself? Uh, I mean, I get the title yes. editorial director, but like, how would you describe what you do? Because I want to make sure the listeners know. It's so weird because people, people, watch Food Network, they have all these things, and there's that like overarching term, like chef. There's a, you're a chef, yes. you're, you're doing this and that. Um, but really the majority of people in media that are the ones that are like cooking for magazines, developing those recipes, that's what I am. So I always say like food writer and recipe developer. And so, But I remember we met because we were both making involved. Making a pumpkin, pumpkin keg. Yeah, a pumpkin keg, because we were both involved. So I guess like food.com, Yes. was being transitioned into some sort of like Netflix for food. So they genius like kitchen. yeah, genius kitchen. And I don't know if it's still go- is it still going? Back to food.com. Because and I remember so they they took this huge chance where they were like, "Okay, we're going to make food.com. Food.com is like the highest traffic recipe site." I remember it's that was SE- what- it's 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 SEO. So like people you search chicken and they have like they're the and, first ones that come up. They're the first ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a big deal. And the whole idea was like, okay, we get all this traffic. Let's turn it into videos and basically trick the people who have been coming here. Um, and, and the big feedback was like, you fucking assholes. This is where I got all my recipes from. <laughs> you, you, you took away. Yeah. Like People were treating yeah. Google like the little box with your recipes where they were like, I want to make, so they knew they could search chicken and their favorite chicken recipe would come up from food.com. So all the feedback was incredibly negative, even though they were putting out <laughs> from the my point were of great. view. They were great. The videos were amazing. So I was brought in as like the loudmouth 
food opinion guy. So they like, I, I remember I went in for an audition and the audition was for something and they asked me about, they're like, give your opinion on these food trends. And I remember I go in the audition, you know, the, you go in for something and you just are like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. And I kind of <laughs> had that attitude and I was like, I just started complaining. I basically did what I do with charcuterie where I just was like, and this sucks and that sucks. And I, and I had all these reasons and for whatever reason, the guys and, and the women, the, the men and women who ran Genius Kitchen or were doing the auditioning, they were like, we, we don't, we like what you do with food. Like, and they brought me in to like, just basically like be a loud mouth. But you, what were you brought in? What was like the title you were brought in under? So I came in from the other side. So there was this really weird divide because the majority of people involved with this were actors, comedians, that kind of yeah. side that are just like, now I'm going to do, it's kind of like the, the Jonathan Bennett being a host for Food Network. Like okay. he's, from, he's from Mean Girls. He, he's an actor. And now sure. he's, hosting, he's hosting cupcake shows. Like I, yeah. get, I get it. I came from the other side in which I had like known the head, well, the site director for Genius Kitchen through food media as a reputable recipe developer. So I, I understand that where it's like you do need some sort of combination of yes. personality with professionalism. So it's like do it yourself network. You need someone like DIY yeah. network needs someone to like host the show, but they also need the person who knows how to cut the two by four. Exactly. And it's such a, there's so little overlap um, because the majority <laughs> yeah. of like food writers, they're like, Either they they're trolls or they're yeah. they're just they're they're just super dry and they can be so like funny and sharp and quick online on Twitter, but you put a camera in front of them and it's like uh, totally it's like watching paint dry. And and on the other side, there's so many people with such great personalities. And then you make one of their recipes and it is like your kitchen's on fire. And you don't and they don't know shit. Like correct. And that, that's why I loved my position on the show because or it wasn't even a show. They would just like call me. They'd be like, "Hey, we just need you to like we're we're doing this, you know, the Halloween theme thing. You know, you be the drunk idiot who likes pumpkin beer." And I'm like, "Okay, great. I don't have to like know anything. I can just be an asshole." And it's like, so I it is so interesting the food world because I only dip in because I just have a loud opinion and I try to be, and this is the stuff I like being funny about. So I meet people like you, like I just had that cheese plate on uh, Marissa Mullen. She's uh, unbelievable, but I've loved your Instagram for a long time. And I want everyone to go follow you at Jay Cohen because it is not just a great food, but beautiful. And, and I know things have changed because it's been a long time since we've last like seen each other, but you used to be known for the pasta twirl. I still do the pasta twirls. You I still mean, do the pasta, it? Yes, yes. Occasionally. It, it comes, I see it, I but, not, but it used to be, but that used to be like every, what was every the pasta week. twirl? I did, I, did, I did pasta twirl the week, which is funny enough because it, it, in the food world, um, that's actually a perfect segue into the conversations between like what goes viral and what people Sh love versus what the actual food people and, talk about. And I could totally understand how that would get hate because first of all, your captions they call are them perfect. Buttholes. They said they, they called them my pasta buttholes <laughs> because they, there's this twirl of pasta with this little hole in the center. So that's what they that's what all the reputable food writers used to be like. Well, oh yeah, you're the one who posts the pasta buttholes, and they're just jealous because you're getting a following of out of it. I mean. And that's the best part. It's all about balance. I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, most people will. You think of the conversation of like, listen, if, if that means whatever, if I need to be twirling pasta on my, I'm on my uh, actual asshole, then so be it. If that's what you, people are going <laughs> to take the people to follow me. It's so funny that you, you 
say that because I get shit from comics about posting tweets. Like it's very easy for people to go. Uh, they people go like I, if I, if someone wants to talk shit on me, they could comment. Oh, you just post your tweets, and I'm always and I always say first of all, they get more eyes yeah. than anything else. And if that gets some, and second of all, I do stand up every single night of my life. I'm on stage. I'm working on an act. If that gets someone over the hump to go to a comedy club that they never would have gone to, then that's my goal. Is is 100%. is if a tweet is the cheese that leads them to a comedy club to buy a ticket and then see the thing that I really am a professional at, good for me. You know, like, I, I, there's a means yeah. to an end. But that's what, that's what a picture on Instagram is. That's what social yes. media is as a whole. I want someone to click through. I want someone to buy my book. I want someone to follow me. I want someone to, to make my recipes. And they're totally. not going to make my recipes if the photo looks like shit. And so you, I, I want people to go look because it is... A, it, they're beautiful. They're like, and they they are the 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 In addition to all the other stuff you do, I'm not saying well, you know loving vanilla doesn't mean fuck chocolate in this in this case. But I, what I, yes. I, 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 I I'm just saying that I re specifically remember when we met, and then I saw it, and I was like, those are just like, what got you to start doing that? Just that it was getting attention. Yeah, I did it once. Uh, I styled this recipe and it, it was the first actual post of mine that got picked up by BuzzFeed. And it just, there was, no one had done something like that before because it was yeah. super meticulous and there's something all about like the, the ultra satisfying photos. Sure. Um, so like I started, I did it again and it did just as well. So I was like, great. If that means that every week I throw up one twirl pasta and I get a little bump of followers. I love so, it. So be I it. love it. I love it too. And this is actually like uh, talk about segues. It's a great way to like I you know because it, it, it's not like um, I guess I can't hearken back to the to like back in high school. I knew someone when like it is funny to like know you through Instagram and see the progression. So now what you're doing the book that's coming out uh, 2021 is called Jewish. And yes. I can, as a Jew myself, I can uh, relate to this idea of being Jewish, but not feeling like you're Jewish enough or like you're not like, like, you know, Jewish stuff, but you're not Hasidic, but you're not modern Orthodox, but you're, you're somewhere, but you're, you're almost embarrassed for speaking for Jewish people because you're like, yeah, I went to Hebrew school, I got bar mitzvah and I did the high holidays, but then you start to realize like, there's so many cultural things. Like if I talk about my mom on stage, like I, I, I when I talk about my mom on stage, I think anyone can relate to having a she's mom. She's probably my what. mother. Yes, 100%. but she's. But it becomes a little. You know, maybe you taste it in a different way because you're like that's it. like I. I told. I, there's a thing on stage that I've been working on for the longest time about how when my mom goes to Dunkin' Donuts, the people working at Dunkin' Donuts protect the cups because she's stolen <laughs> so many cups. And, like, and for example, for me, it's Costco. When she goes to return okay. things, they all start to take their breaks. Like everyone has the the version so, so of that, and it's like yeah. Yeah, and I, I do have someone – sometimes, and I know they mean this as a compliment, is – but sometimes it's funny that, like, Jews will come up to me. They'll go, I, I love the Jewish stuff, like, as if no one else got it. And I'm like, exactly. no, everyone everyone with a mom, you know, can get it. Gets but, it. So you – Yeah. I mean, but, I think you touched on that so perfectly in the sense of the – you did Hebrew school, you did bar mitzvah, you do high holidays – 
I didn't grow up super Jewish. I didn't grow up doing mm. Shabbat. I didn't grow up kosher, um, any of those stuff. But when I kind of discovered this was kind of when I was with my, my now husband, who was my yeah. boyfriend at the time, um, we were in the city. It's a crazy world. We didn't have a ton of friends. And, yeah. it and you're from this, New York, though. I'm from. I grew up in Queens, this whole thing. But we didn't have just like a, like a, a group. And it's group, not like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's that's something that you don't have to have. And we, it's not like we were like hermits staying in our, in our apartment, yeah. but like, <laughs> like now, but um, there was this concept of like, what can we do to like find our group? And the other thing is like, we don't drink. We're like, okay. we're, we're, we're Cali sober. Like we're huge potheads, but like we don't drink. And I got it. how do you meet, especially when find gay friends, like where do you meet gay people outside of grinder or gay bars? Nowhere. Yeah, I, 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 I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so it became this idea of like, all right, let's start hosting Shabbat and throwing oh. a dinner party on Friday. Also, specifically, how do you meet? And it was to meet other gay men. Is that is is that like that was the goal, or just anyone not that was like, gay, is it not, gay friendly? Like, or you know, kind of in the same, or basically wanted, in the same headspace. You know, I don't. Yes. What's the goal? The goal was to have friends, to have a group, yeah. not like the, that big like gaggle of gays at the pines, like going <laughs> wild in speedos. That's not us. But we wanted to have a diverse group of friends that we can be like, hey, we're throwing dinner on Friday. Come over. For and sure. Be this like this was incredibly, incredibly Jewish, and because of the fact that we live in New York, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I cannot host ten people. I don't have a. I didn't have a table at the time. We were living in a studio, um, sure. so I was using my mother's apartment, um, and she had a table that could fit twelve. So I started hosting Shabbat at my mother's apartment with my mother at the table and all of these twenty-something-year-old young professionals. Um, love it. Love it. And obviously. And, 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 that becomes like the excuse where you're like, I'm doing, sh-, you know, Shabbat. And if you could explain to someone who, what, what would, how would you explain Shabbat to like the, the person that's sitting there being like, I'm in Arkansas and I've never met a Jew before and wants yeah. to know what it is. Uh, it's like everything you believe um, that uh, all like the Brooklyn hipsters talk about self care and I can't do that. Like that is the OG self care moment is Shabbat. The thing is at the end of the week, you, unplug recharge and just like hang out with friends and family eat a lot drink a lot and chill for a day before you See, go back to the grind th- i do have this love of certain like it is an interesting thing where it's like you know everything i i, I do have this belief that like um the bigger the fan the bigger the asshole so like, you know, like where it's like, if you're super into one thing, you're probably annoying. But like, I always enjoyed, like, there's this brand of Judaism that like, and I remember I went on Birthright and I remember having this, like, the way you just explained it is like what I love about Jew being Jewish and it, it, because yeah, you Jewish where you meet people and they go Shabbat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a chill night. Like the way you explained it, you know, it could be also explained by the person who's super into it. It's like, you turn off the phone right now and you don't touch it. You know what I mean? Which is actually the perfect way of why I, I think we reconnect is because of your, your charcuterie commentary. And the thing is, like, this has become a big bone of contention from a lot of Jews that come to me because I host these Shabbats and I became known 
for these cheese and charcuterie boards. And that was yes. for me just a way, and I talk about it in my book and I have a whole like section on it, but the, that was like for me just a way that I can like raise my hands and people can come and they can have something to eat and I can focus on finishing dinner. But the well, other that's part also, of that is, that's also the reason to have a charcuterie. Yes, people yes. can pick at it. They can get something in their stomachs when they take in the day off from eating because they know they're going to a party. But at the same time, I'm serving pork at Shabbat. I'm serving prosciutto and salami and all that stuff. And, sure. and I'm serving it not only serving pork, I'm serving pork next to cheese. And, and <laughs> the whole idea behind it is like Shabbat is what you make of it. Judaism is what you make of it. And there, yes. like, at the end of the day, it's like this is a way for us to connect with people. And it's been a wonderful way for me to explore Jewish foods. Um, there mm. were a lot of Jewish foods that I'd never actually made myself. Um, I'd never made matzo balls before from scratch, like not from a box mix. And this was the sure. first time Shabbat gave and me it, that and, excuse and, to do and it. And it gives you the excuse. That's And, and so I love it. I, I, I'm all about that vibe of like, come, it is what it is to you. And anyone can walk in the door and, and experience it and love it. And like, I, I do have this thing, like I, 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 I always come back to death with Jews where I go, like to me, like, like when people are like anti-religion, I'm like, well, you're, you shouldn't be anti anything. You shouldn't be a hundred percent pro anything. You shouldn't be a hundred percent anti anything. So like when people are like anti-religion, I'm like, well, look what Jews do with death. They have the Shiva call. Isn't that such a great thing that for five days people are coming, like are told you go the fuck over to one place and now you're not like, you know, from both sides, you're not worried about what, you know, am I doing enough? And then the other person is like, did that person know to show up? What, do they know where to show up? It becomes like this organized uh-huh, thing. 100%. And then it's like, did you bring food? Are you bringing food? I, can you believe that person didn't bring food? Like, oh, <laughs> there's a lot it of shame lot and of, guilt too. Uh, it, it's so funny. So I'm super happy you're coming on the show. We're going to do some emails. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. It's Jake Cohen at Jake Cohen. It'll be all over my Instagram. I want you to go follow. What's the, like, what is your favorite thing to cook? Uh, I mean, it changes, but my new favorite way to um, compare that, especially for someone like you, who I feel is like a little, I'm not going to say, I don't think crude is the right word, but, but more alternative. It's like, what kind of porn do you like to watch? It changes sure. by the day. You have it your preferences, changed. but but like it's like what's today's flavor, and that's the it same is thing with hilarious food. that you looked at me. You're like, how can I connect with Jared? <laughs> uh, what's the po- you know just like the porn you watch every five minutes of your day? Yeah, I. So is there is there like if you're having a big group of people over? So like for the people out there who are like, okay, I want so someone out there they don't you know maybe they're not Jewish, maybe they are whatever. But they're going to have a group of people over. What would be a, a thing that you would tell them that's easy, fun, and, and gets people full? That come, if, if someone's out there like, I want to have 10 people over this weekend, what, are you, what would you encourage them to like search out as a recipe? Uh, so the first thing, which I, it's, it has such a bad rap, but I've gotten really into Kugel, like noodle Kugel, okay. but not in like the gross, what people like think of like what noodle Kugel is. And traditionally it's like this. Well, really I, gross, I, well, what do they think of it? Cause I don't, like I a love side it. dish. It's a side dish, but it's sweet and it has raisins and it's kind of like, it's a dessert. No, 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 no,
Well, um, but that's what I'm saying is it's so customizable. So I've gotten really into like savory kugels and just treating it savory. like it's, it's Jewish casserole. So you just, I put in like caramelized onions or cheese or vegetables and then you just mix wow. it up with cottage cheese and bake it and it's done and it's your full meal. Hold on. I mean, this is like, you've blown my mind. You, so savory. So for those, I, I, I don't, I, I want to make sure we're inclusive of everyone listening to this podcast because not everyone's Jewish. I know Kugel. I, uh, culturally, like my grandmother made Kugel every fucking, my grandfather <laughs> made Kugel. So my grandfather, my gra- I, I should give credit where credit is due. The men in my family have always cooked. So my grandfather was cooked every holiday and my grandmother was more like his sous chef. So like, you know, may, like I grew up on like them, my grandfather making soups, making, you know, brisket, making like it wasn't my grandmother around the kitchen. Yeah. Very different. Uh, I think at least. But I Kugel was kind of like my Nana's job to assist my grandfather. So can you explain to people what Kugel is? I know Jewish casserole. It, it makes sense to me. But like, how would you even like? Egg boil noodles. it down. You take egg noodles and then honestly, you know what? I have egg noodles so I can show what it looks <laughs> like because it. I always have egg noodles. So the, these kinds of noodles. The big, wavy, the big, thick curly, noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you mix it they with... They look like the, Jewish women's hair out of the shower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you mix it with this blend of cottage cheese and eggs and typically sugar and cinnamon and those kinds of yes flavoring. that's how i know it and, and then you throw flakes. it in a pan and bake it oh corn the people do a cornflake topping things that's like my that. grandmother that was her move wonderful what i started doing is like take the same thing of throw cottage cheese and eggs in a blender and then instead of sugar just salt and then you just mix in things and then all of a sudden it's like whatever you would throw into a pasta you just so- throw it in could, do you have a recipe that we can push people yes. to? Um, I have one on Food 52, actually, a caramelized onion one that's really good. So send it to me I'll after we're done, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll post it. Because you would encourage people, if they're having a big group of people, this is something fun to make for everyone that's coming over. It's fun, it's easy, and like you can do it in advance. They, I mean, I'm, I think casseroles are the gentile response to entertaining and the fact that that we have a jewish version is like beautiful that's beautiful i love it okay so i I, we're gonna put that out i have one last question before we get to the emails because i'm thinking now of foods that i was brought up on and the other thing so my grandmother made um she'd make kugel with the cornflake topping that was very her and then she would also make and i don't know if this is a jewish food do you but i don't know we always thought, my whole family thought, like, no one ever did this. But then, you know, the internet exists and you find out other people. Do you know what icebox cookies are? Yeah. You know, have you, have, is that a Jewish thing? Is so that like icebox is, cake? Like where you yeah with the cookies and the, so you the, take cookies, typically like wafer cookies, and you layer it with whipped cream. And then you put it yeah. in the fridge overnight and then you take it out and you slice it and it soaks yes, through. So it becomes this like we thought growing up. Icebox cookie cake, whatever that was. And we had chocolate wafers. That was, there was always chocolate. Mm-hmm. We thought our grandmother were like, we're like, like if Shark Tank existed, we were like, <laughs> we got to bring us a Shark Tank. And it's so funny because like, you know, the internet, the, the most amazing part about the internet is also the most depressing part is that you, you find out that these things aren't your own, you know, like the, 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 the childhood the dreams. 
it crushes the whole idea that like my cousins and I are like, Nana's a fucking boss. She doesn't even know. Like, you know, but so you've heard yeah. of this thing. Uh, it's not Jewish. It's a very, it's not Jewish. It's, it's, it's just, very like 1950s housewife. That was like, wow. when you think of like jello molds, all that stuff, like that was the beginning of the icebox cake. That is so interesting that you have cleared up. Like, <laughs> like I, cause I remember finding out that other people did this and then I was like, maybe it's Jewish. And then you go, well, maybe, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. Like I'll tweet something out and then someone will go, oh, that's a Dominican thing. And I'll go, no, it's also my thing. You know, like it's, like, it's, you, just, it's a thing. It's just a thing. So listen, everyone go follow Jay Cohen. Go, go, go. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what you put out there. So I want everyone to go follow at Jay Cohen. The book is called Jewish, but we're going to have you back on before the book comes out so we can We can do really. Ju- it'll just be about Jewish foods and we can uh, debunk uh, your entire family. Well, I want to put up pictures and then have you explain it like we did with uh, uh, that cheese plate. So go, go, go. Uh, the feed feed is also, uh, you know, and also one table Shabbat. Would you want to explain what that is? Yeah, I mean, that's something I got involved with. Now I'm on their board. It, it's kind of the response of what happens when you have all of these Jews that um, want to figure out what does Judaism mean to me as a like liberal major city living, young professional, super busy mm-hmm. um, world. And the response is one table, which is this nonprofit that focuses on people in their 20s and 30s hosting Shabbat and they help like you do that by not only having a platform where you can invite your friends. So it's super easy to coordinate, but then they help pay for your groceries, which is super, super great. Um, And all the resources. So it's been really nice. That's how I've been hosting my Shabbats. And it's one of those things where it's community building. It's the same way of like, people have those like, like, oh, I have the, the young young leadership happy hour. Sure, thing. sure, sure. This is okay. So everyone go follow Jake. It's all on his page at Jake Cohen. Let's do some emails. Premature go now, you're married and you also live in the same acar- apartment complex as your mom and sister. Yes. It's an how urban complex. It's <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, how did you meet your husband? funny enough, and this is kind of another reason why I've so enjoyed following you is we met on Hinge. And like, I feel like you used to, your thing used to be when you do the the screen, people would send you the screenshots of their, their dating app conversation. That was my favorite. I remember. Yeah. Cause we talked about this cause I think he was your fiance at the time, or maybe you had just gotten married. Um, and, and so that's so funny. I, now I remember this. So you met on hinge. So this is a lot of this, um, Let's get to this question called premature ghosting. Love the podcast. My go-to for the ride home from work every day. So I've been on and off the apps, mostly Bumble and Hinge for a while now. I find it hard to get a guy to actually meet up and do something. It's happened a few times that a guy will bring up meeting for drinks or something and we agree to it only to have him fall off the face of the earth the next day when we're supposed to meet up. I work doing tra- I work doing travel assignments in different cities, usually 13 weeks long, and don't really want to waste a night on a dude that won't show up when I go out with friends or do something uh, else instead, when I can go out with friends or do something else instead. What do you think is happening here? Is there anything you suggest to do, uh, to do in this situation? So with, with you and your husband, was it immediately like match on the app, go on a date, date two, date three, you know, engage like was it because I think a lot of people when they see relationships, they think it goes like, you know, like a straight line. And that's just not the reality. No. Um, 
the I mean, I think the most concerning thing about that is that she's going to cities for these like small periods of time. We met on I Hinge or we, we matched on Hinge, but at the end of the day, we found out, and this is not on Grinder, so it's not like location based, that we lived three blocks away from each other. So Got it. that immediately just set us up for such a, an easier situation. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think the thing that stood out to you is what stood out to me is like, if you're in these places where she writes, um, I work doing travel assignments in different cities, usually 13 weeks long. I think what can happen is it's like, hey, do you want to do a date? I'm leaving next week. Let's go before I leave. Whenever you do a date before going away, I think a lot of people do that thing where they go, they they kind of like, I, and first of all, the way these things happen on dating apps is you match, you rethink it. You talk, you rethink it. You you set up a date, you rethink it. So what's happening to this person isn't crazy. It isn't specific to her. This is happening male, female, uh, good-looking, bad-looking, large and small. The, you know, to say, like, whoever's writing in, she might – I can understand how she's taking it personally. She's like, I'm getting these guys. They're, they're making the date, and then they're, they're premature ghosting. It's not because of her. So let me start by saying that. Like, I've done this to people, and it's not because I was like it, – it wasn't because I was like um, – um, I was ever like, oh well, they're they're I don't like them. It was just like, nah, now I the couch is better than them, <laughs> you know. Like, so I I do think the one thing though is when you're traveling in and out, you're probably liking someone an app and going, and now you're putting kind of like a time constraint on something that can add more pressure to it. It's not just easy breezy, right? I mean, I think on top of that. Is she opening that up in the conversation with them? Because if I was the guy and I'm having this girl being like, we need to meet now because I move out in sure. a week. Like that's also, that's, I mean, I, if I was, if, I, I, I'm with you. And I also think like, there's also this thing of like, you know, you start talking to someone on a dating app. I've had this happen where I go, okay, let's do drinks this Thursday. And they go, this Thursday is crazy. Let's do, <laughs> let's do Wednesday. And you go, Oh, Wednesday's no, Wednesday doesn't work for me. And then they go, okay, how about next Thursday? Now it's like eight days away. And you're like, now you have eight days to be like that kind of like the more time that builds, the more this date becomes more than just drinks. It's, it, it's something on the calendar. That's almost like uh, an obligation instead of just fun. Also, like, I'm not gonna lie. If you have like, oh, well, Thursday doesn't really work. It's like, that's giving the first vibe if you if you can't like coordinate that like oh well this date's not that important it's it, 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 i'm almost my schedule's above the idea of dating and and that, that's not to say that people aren't busy but i do agree with you it kind of gives it like a bad vibe i think also like the solution to this do you have any ideas of like what she can do to like kind of like fight this I mean, again, this is you're straight. This is women, so this is like your category. Well, this is anybody. I I'm saying here's what I would say to her. I think guys, if you're a woman out there who has a lot of like guys that are kind of bailing before, men in general just love the idea of like this like game of catch and this idea of casual and this idea of like wow, anything can happen tonight. So I would say to her. 
I think people take meeting on apps more seriously than meeting at a bar, which it isn't. It's it's really the it's less serious than meeting at a bar. So what I would say to her is I would be open to like meeting and going out the day you meet. So like, hey, I'm actually free, like to say like I'm actually free tonight. If you want to go catch a drink, I'm I'm like two blocks away. You want to come? And I think that makes it so it's like you're just two people getting a drink and meeting for the first time instead of two people who now are texting how is your day when you don't even know the fucking person and now there's this added pressure onto someone you've never even met before. Right? Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I love- it's, it's just the, the, the I remember, and I remember because I was so, I had just gone out of a long term relationship when I had then, and that was like when the app boom happened. So then all of a sudden, sure. it's like this single gay guy with every app. All of a sudden, so I'm on J J Swipe and Hinge and Tinder, and then you're just flooded with with options. But at the end of the I, day, it's it's not you can't be treating any of those situations or those matches as anything more than just a connection to see where things could go. I I I uh, I I totally agree with you, and and I think what you said is so important. You're flooded with options that aren't real options. They're like, they're like, like, you know, when you go to the supermarket, there's a lot of options too, but you're not buying everything at the fucking supermarket. You have things that look great. They, they look great. You look so excited for them. And then you get home and you're just like, eh, I didn't even need this. (laughs) So I, I, I think if we, you know, so I think if we start thinking of these things as like, you know, it's first of all, putting less pressure on it and being like, these are people that like. Because there are more options doesn't mean they're all good options, and they're not all for you. We are sponsored, people. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Features, Features, Features. We all have a sock rotation. That's right. You have a sock rotation. I got a sock rotation. We all got a little conveyor belt of socks that are going around. And you know what? Some you like more than others. Right now, there's some sock pairs in your rotation that you are dealing with. And none of us should be dealing with our socks. We should be enhanced by our socks. We should feel better because of our socks. And that's where Features comes in. To perform at your best, you need to feel your best head to toe. Features has solely focused on making the best high-performance socks for the last 20 years. Their socks have a custom-like fit that conforms to the unique sheep, sh- unique sheep, unique shape of your foot. It's true. I have the socks. They sent them to me. They are fantastic. They slip on your feet and they don't slide down and they don't, it, it, it feels like you're being hugged. I love it. And it prevents issues you have with conventional socks. No more bunching, slipping, or blisters. It's like having a second skin. I love them. I got to say, I used to get blisters from certain pairs of shoes. Not with features. They're great. And I, and I, and I do mean what I say. We all have our 10 so- pairs of socks that are going around the rotation. If one of them are no good... That is a day that you're worse off than the other days. And you should throw it away. Because I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of holding on to like old clothing because it's just what I have. I don't want to deal with it. 
Well, here's your chance. Features are engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or on the go. Targeted compression acts like a hug around the arch of your foot, keeping the sock in place and preventing it from sliding down into your shoe. The anatomical design conforms to the left-right shape of the foot, creating a custom-like fit that keeps the sock in place so you can focus on your workout. Plus, get a lifetime guarantee. Features are so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair, no questions asked. And the best part is, it's a family-owned business that's been passed down from father to sons. I love that. Their mission to create products that help you achieve your personal best. So let me give you some free money. Is that okay? See why Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America. For listeners of the J Train podcast, you can receive 10 10 10 $10. $10 off your first pair of features by going to features.com. Use my code JTRAIN. That's JTRAIN. That's JTRAIN. That's $10 off your first pair when you go to F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com and a promo code JTRAIN at checkout. Again, that's features.com. Use my code JTRAIN to get $10 off your first pair of features. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Jake Cohen. At Jake Cohen. Go follow. Go support. Go on Instagram. The book Jewish coming out March 2021. We got to have you back before that because I, yes. I, I want to get you back. Guys joking about getting married before a date even happens. Endearing. How I don't long, know. I think that's how long cute. Have you been, well, how long have you been married? So, I mean, it's weird because we are gay men, so it's the, the rules get bent. So we've been married technically a year and a half, but we eloped two and a half years ago. Um, so what do you mean the rules get bent? Like what do you – Because gay people, because of politi- uh, politics, insurance, sure. things like that, we eloped to have it set. So we were technically married, but we did our tube signing a year after. So we got married How shortly would- after we got engaged. How how has being in a gay relationship how is that affected by like do you hear from the Jewish community negatively do you people don't think of that stuff with like Jews you would think like oh it's all hunky dory but like you know you're gonna get you know there's 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 ignorant people everywhere right yes um, we both come from very liberal Jewish families I will say it's been very fascinating seeing his side so he's um, Iraqi Persian. Jewish. Okay. So it's the Middle Eastern kind of uh, family dynamic. I always, I always call those, I always call the Persian Iraqi Jews the sexy Jews. Like they're I mean, the ones that know, they're the ones that know how to dance. Like I'm from like <laughs> Russian. Uh, <laughs> like, if I tell you, if you saw, he dances like Elaine in Seinfeld. Like it's not, okay. it's not, it's <laughs> not, my idiot but, preconceived notion. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting thing because I come from a family where I'm, one of the only, I mean, I'm the only living gay Jew, gay person in the family. His sister is gay. Um, he has really? cousin. He has three cousins who are gay. Like all of these things, this is this family. And it's been a little difficult for some of the parents dealing with the child just because Interesting. the community can be a very traditional and conservative. Sure. But his, I mean, his mom is, his parents were totally fine. And yeah. About okay. It. I mean, I I've always um, like you know you have like Jews that are like I I only want to marry Jewish, and then 
you have I've I've also heard Persian Jews who are like you are only going to marry Persian Persian Jewish a hundred percent, but that's true, and that's I mean to a level it's it's brainwashing. I'm sure did that come up in your household as a kid, like with your oh my god, you know you marry Jewish. I mean I remember this is a, a quick story. I remember I went on birthright. And we're like a big group of, you know, Jews in our 20s walking towards the Wailing Wall. And we're walking towards it. I remember this older man comes walking towards our group and he could tell we were all American. And he starts talking to us. He's like, hey, where are you guys coming from? It was it was this is an actually insane story. He goes, where are you coming from? And someone's like, New York. And he's like, oh, New York. I lived on the Upper West Side for years. And we're like, hi, old Jew. And like, you know, like we're having this back and forth. And he goes, "Okay, I got to go. And then as he's leaving, he goes, marry Jewish. That was his goodbye. (laughs) I mean, but that's like every grandparent. And, and it know. comes from this old world mentality of like, you have to stay within the community in order to preserve tradition. And that if you, yeah. the fear was, is that, and this was because this was a time where you would marry outside of the tribe. And then all of a sudden, like your Jewish identity is like, poof, gone. Well, I, I that was, uh, you could tell when you go to like the Holocaust Museum, when they show you the numbers of like, here's how many Jews were in, in the world then. And then, and then they show you kind of like before and after the numbers. You can understand that fear where you're like, oh, we're going to disappear if you don't. It's like a, you know, if you don't marry within. And it, so you wonder, like, it's like, again, it's like brainwashing, but then you like empathize where it comes from. Like you kind of, you know, yes. you tra- and you try to, uh, you're trying to train somebody that's trained by a different thing, you know? So I never like, and that was not my intention when I was dating, especially being gay. I feel like that rule is kind of out the window because you're already not doing a traditional relationship or marriage. Um, So I think right now it just happened that I ended up with a Jew. Uh, I was dating plenty of non-Jews. I think the idea behind it um, has changed. Hopefully, luckily, I don't know if like, uh, I think the conversation then comes up about like, all right, what are you going to, what would you do with your kids? Like, would you be upset or disappointed? And if you were upset or disappointed, is it because of how you actually feel? Or is it how your mother or grandmother told you how to feel? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And it's like, you know, we're living in times right now where people are like going back to like, you know, trying to think of why do I think these ways and retracing it without trying to like make themselves you know, feel bad for being evil, you know, like, you know, I, you could with like a Jewish grandma, you'd be like, you're evil. You're being someone that's, you know, against non-Jews. And you're like, okay, you can look at it that way. You can choose to look at it with empathy too, you know? So let's do another email. Getting jokes about getting married before date even happens. Jared feather feather. Thanks for all the entertainment. I've been talking to an app guy for a few weeks now we're both in our late 20s and planning on meeting up next week since he'll be back in town when we first matched he made a joke and she writes in quotes i think about keeping our convo interesting and that we can discuss things like how we're how are our week weekends and when we were were married in a few months Am I reading this sentence right? When we first matched, he made a joke, I think, about keeping our convo interesting and that we can discuss things like how were, how were our weekends and when we were married in a few months. Obviously, referencing, references to getting married always weirds me out on dates and chats, but I didn't want to uh, be too picky and hold out hope. 
Fast forward a few weeks now, and when I asked about when he'd be back in the city, he made another joke about how I must want to meet my future husband. There haven't been any other notable red flags, and while I was supposed to, uh, well, I suppose I could appreciate his forwardness and confidence. Is it just weird? Sincerely flattered, I guess. How do you think this sounds to you? The joke they've never even met. I, I think he's goofy. I don't know. I think he, she has to meet him first to understand. Like, is this that he really wants to get married? There's a difference between he really would like to be married yeah. in a few weeks versus. He thinks that this is a cutesy way of saying that he's down for commitment. Sure. I, I think it's more um, uh, it's a little bit worse than that. I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> like, I, I agree. I'm that seeing the bad he, in him. I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to see the bad. I, I think it's I, to me, I think I agree with you. This is a cutesy way to show that he's into commitment and aware of commitment. Here's the problem, though. He writes, uh, she writes something very specific. Uh, when we first met, uh, we're meeting up next week since he'll be back in town. To me, what he's doing is trying to keep her on the hook for when he's back in town. He is afraid. This is actually self-preservation. He's afraid because he travels and because he's out of town and because they can't, just like we talked about with the last email, it's like, you know, you can't make the date. So this is kind of the opposite scenario where the guy doesn't want to lose the date. So he's talking cutesy to you in your language where to be like, and if we meet, I might be the one, you know, like, and it's a way for making it so you don't bail on the date on him. He's basically saying it's like a form of like, um, it's it's almost like he's like uh, and, and some could call it gaslighting, but I, I I choose not to call it that. But I I I would say this is like a form of like, and if you come, there's a little cheese in it for you. Like you're, you're. <laughs> I can you're, see that. I can see you that. You know what I mean? He's, he's like, da- well, he's dangling the thought of commitment in exchange for her interest. It, exactly. That's a, that, that you've said it. You you said it as cleanly as I could ever say it. That uh, exchanging. Say that again, because I. <laughs> he's dangling the thought of commitment in exchange for her interest, um, and, and that's the problem. Is that so? Yes. Go on the date or not. That's your choice. But understand that he's dangling this for interest. What interest he wants, we don't know. We don't know if it's marriage. We don't know if it's a blowjob. We don't know if it's a date date you for 10 months and see what happens. We have no idea. Interest is a is a sliding scale and a spectrum. So just know your deal like I think all of us should be going on dates protectionary. We should all be going protecting a little bit. She has to go in uh, maybe a little bit more protected. And and understand that this is kind of the way he talks and don't get um if, and if you do go on do go on the date, don't get ahead of yourself. Just know that he's doing like I do believe good people do these things too. Like I I, I do believe that you, a guy could do this because he's self conscious and he lacks confidence, and mm. this is his way of making sure you stay on the date with him. And then you get on the date, and he kind of like you guys connect, and all this stuff goes away, or you don't connect. And he so, pops the question <laughs> at the end of the yeah, date. Well, and you're like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So <laughs> so these both can be true. So again, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's not the worst thing that could happen. 
We are sponsored people. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Remember breakfast cereal? Do you? Do you remember breakfast cereal? Ooh, you run down the stairs, turn on the cartoons, pour yourself a bowl. That's really the first meal you would make yourself. That's the first time you were a chef. Isn't that a nice memory you just had? Well, you don't get it anymore because you don't have stairs. You have a one-bedroom apartment. You have bills. You have people, you have a boss. You have calls to make. You have Zoom, Zoom meetings to go to. Life isn't as simple anymore. Well, let me give you a chance to take a little mental vacation back to the days of ease. This episode is sponsored by Magic Spoon. It's a new cereal company that's discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It tastes too good to be true. Magic Spoon offers four flavors based on the all-time classics. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Plus a variety pack that lets you try all four. I love the cocoa. That brings me back. That's the vacation I get. Because you make the you, you put the cocoa in, you put the milk in, and then you, you you chomp them all down, and then take that bowl, put it right up to your mouth, and sip down that chocolate milk. Isn't that delicious? Isn't that fun? That's ten minutes of joy right there. Magic Spoon spent over a year working with the best food scientists and chefs in the world to recreate the taste and texture of classic sugary cereal. But it tastes so incredible that you'd never guess it was healthy. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Wow! You've got to try Magic Spoon to believe it because it tastes amazing. I am a huge fan. You can go to get you go to magicspoon.com slash JTrain to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code JTrain. That's JTrain. That's JTrain at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash JTrain and use the code JTrain for free shipping. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the show and bringing back childhood favorites that won't leave us bloated. I love Magic Spoon. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Let's go. Don't want to go on a first date. Here with Jay Cohen at Jay Cohen. We'll do a couple more emails. Is that okay with you? Perfect. Love it. First, let me say I love J-Train Podcast and you up. I've rated, reviewed, and told all of my friends. Now to my question. How do I push myself to go on a first date if I'm not super excited about it? It generally takes me a little while to warm up to people, so I often find myself lukewarm about a guy in the beginning of dating. I often bail out of the conversation or make up an excuse to not meet up. Normally, I'm a pretty social person, so I don't want know what my issue is. I think if I can force myself to go, I'll have fun, but I just have a lot of trouble making the effort. Any advice? Thanks for the laughs. Do you have any thoughts on this? Have you felt this way? No, I mean, I feel like that's, no. it's, it's, I think of, and I don't know because this is, I don't like to think that there's like this huge divide between gay sure. relationships and, and, and straight ones. But when I think about the dating apps and even like our experience, my experience with a ton of guys that have like 
the, the dates have been terrible, but the talking on the app and the conversation and the sexual tension and, and the, it, if anything, it was just nonstop, like pushing to be like, we need to go on that date to see if yeah. there's anything there. And that well, anticipation I, for that, it's not, and it's sure. not a sexual thing. It's a chemistry thing. Well, I think also um, my assumption would be like kind of like the positives of gay dating is that, you know, I know how a man operates. Like I know, you know, that be like, I know when I ball bust with other men and make jokes with them, they're generally on the same page as me. I, I, I kind of know what I'm getting into. So it's like, I would assume the same as for dating where you can be maybe a little bit more honest, maybe a little bit more like, hey, I can't wait to meet you or like, uh, or talk about things that make you more connected than maybe the female to male interaction because like she you know like i do understand the idea of like i'm talking to these people and i know i should be going on dates and i just don't feel excited about it to me that's okay to admit like i think that's like the first step is saying hey i I don't think forcing it is the answer do you no i mean i've I think I've, I think everyone's forced to date where they've talked to Absolutely. someone and it's like, eh, it could go either way. And you go and you're like, no, my, my gut was telling me it was going to be bad. And then it was bad. Um, sure. I mean, especially I, when someone, especially when someone checks a lot of boxes for you, like going back yes. to the Jewish stuff, when you meet someone and you go they're you know, like you're like, my grandmother told me I, I should like this person. My mom told me I should like this person. And you're like, but I'm just not into this conversation. Yes, there was one. It was he was a Jewish doctor, um, mm-hmm. very sweet, <laughs> handsome, all that, and it just it, it wasn't there, and it wasn't going to happen. And I I gave it probably a few extra dates than I should have, just because of the sure. fact that so many boxes were checked. But I think that goes to say that's more so she's probably not matching with the right guys yet. Yeah, I and so I there's two sides to this story because I do think I I'm always in favor of experiences just generally because and so to say like if you go on a date that maybe you're not really into but they want to go out and they're excited there is nothing wrong with going on a date and and living an experience and also it helps you to develop your taste you go at least I know this isn't my type that that's so look at it positively. So if you are going to go on the date, try to be looking at it positively. I would also say to this person, go have fun with your friends. Maybe now dating isn't, isn't for you. Maybe now is your time to like go hook up with random people that you meet at bars. Maybe now is your time to like go hang out with friends and not hook up. Maybe, in, and I think like, I think there's this like thing with like, this happens with dating apps and this happens with social media. And it's, I, I, you ever go to like a you ever go to a, like a rehearsal dinner, and at the rehearsal dinner they'll be like, "Hey, uh, there's a mic at the front of the room, and if you want to give say something to the lovely couple, go ahead." Have you ever been at one of those? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. I, I, so uh, I have. I've been. Okay. To, I was at a wedding once where and I'm sure there's pressure for you to do a speech, do like well, a routine. So this is what happened. I remember, I. My friend was like, basically, they had a podium at the rehearsal dinner, and he goes, oh, I want, and his mom and him came up to me. They're like, we want you to say a few words. The best man's going to say something, and then we'd like you to like go up and say a couple words because we're going to have a mic that anyone can speak at, but we think it would be nice 
if you loosen people up since you're so used to talking in front of people? I go, great. Sounds good. So I go up. I say something. You know, the best man goes up or whatever happened. I, or the, the dad goes up. Whoever came up. And then, I, then they go, Jared. They kind of give me a nudge. And I go up there. I say a few words and get a laugh and I get out of there. I will tell you, after I went up, everyone in the room went up. Everyone. And it, there was a point where it's like, there's a point where it's like, just because the mic is hot doesn't mean you have to say a word. Yeah. Just because the dating app's out there doesn't mean you have to be out there swiping. 100%. Just because the, the social media exists doesn't mean you have to be the one posting. Just because, you know, you know what I mean? Like everyone can do a role that feels good to them and also can feel good to you at the time. So if you're sitting here on the apps and you go, uh, you know, I'm not really feeling, get off the fucking app. Don't be, yeah. don't, don't kill yourself over this shit. J train podcast at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com here with Jay Cohen at Jay Cohen. Go follow, go follow right now. We'll do one more email. Does that sound good? Perfect. You're killing it. I love the book. I I'm so excited to talk, but I, that's my favorite part is like, it's tapping into everyone was like, Oh, you're writing a Jewish book. They like think I'm, I'm doing like the new, I, the new co the new kosher, like, I don't know, no kosher kitchen, things like that. Sure. And the thing was, is there's just this untapped market, especially for it's really only started with our generation. When we look at like history and the Holocaust and coming to America and immigrants, like we are the first generation that has grown up from American born parents that sure. Like, have not pushed Judaism down our throats to the degree that they might have as a result of the fact of their parents pushing Judaism down their throats. Yeah. So, so this is like a new era of like, well, it's like, it, you know, it's like Asian fusion. Like, <laughs> you know, like this is Jewish fusion. It's I would Jewish. Assume. It's Jewish American because we are this new group of Jews Raised in America, so there's that level of secular. This is why are, I, I love, like I. This is why I love your page. Like I love seeing a page that is like, okay, there's going to be Jewish food, but there's going to be bacon. Like, I, and I'm not going to apologize for it. And sometimes they'll be mashed together. Yeah, I love it. J Train Podcast. Okay, so let's do the J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Let's do one more email. J Cohen, go follow at J Cohen. Can't we just be friends? So this is a good email for you. You're bringing people together. I'm sure your Shabbat dinners have created relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, at least, at least sex. Okay. At the very least. But has there ever been awkwardness where like two people who come all the time end up having sex and then they're like, who gets the Shabbat? You know, like there's got to be that question. That's happened once. Um, okay. <laughs> and yeah, and we, yeah, we, I, I, we pick sides. I mean, I think it's the issue was is we pick sides because one of them ended up in a relationship super quickly after. So that's brutal because it then it became easy because then it's couples. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then, well, then the single person get, is the loser at that point. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Okay, so your podcast has been in my daily routine for the past year. Love hearing your advice. It has helped me through a lot of unknowns. There is this guy I used to work with in the past, and we had a little f thing for each other, but nothing occurred. Just some flirting because we both agreed we can't date because of work. He ended up leaving, and we still were good friends, but one thing that had always bothered me was how hard he would make it to hang out. He occasionally have dinners to get... We occasionally have dinners together... 
uh, but anything further he turns down, even though we have both discussed that we we're just friends and nothing more. He has mentioned he would hang out in a group, but it's hard because we don't have any mutual friends. I eventually brought it up how it bothered me that he would only get dinners once in a while, but wouldn't do anything else with me. He came back and said he views hanging out with a girl one-on-one as something you do if you want a relationship with them, so he doesn't think he'll be able to hang out uh, one-on-one with me, but he still wants to be good friends. Is this normal to you, or could there be another reason? I've never had an issue with being friends with a guy before, nor getting them to hang out one-on-one. I would love to know your perspective. What do you think? I, I mean, I, I hate that everything goes back to, to gay shit, but like the... I, think I love that. That's what this is about, perspective. You think so often, and this is a, a lot of my like Shabbat group, were people that either of us had dated before um, or slept with or things like that because in the gay community and I think it's more so in the lesbian community of like the concept of friendship after dating and or you hook, you've hooked up with people it's a small world, things like that. And I think there is that very clear divide and intention of what is the, the, the path if you want to hook up versus what's the path yeah. if you want to date or looking for something serious. Um, and I could see how those lines could be blurred in a, in a traditional setting like that. Um, it could also be that he's downplaying the fact that he's interested in her sexually, emotionally, and doesn't want to continue to have her dangle his feelings in exchange for a dinner, which I, I get. Yeah, yeah these I, I totally agree with what you're saying where it's like, there's the the lines being blurred like this is and this is what happens the idea of let's be friends is an easy thing to say hard thing to do because the quote-unquote friends has a different definition to both of the people to me in this situation she seems like she is like we're friends we're cool i like texting with you let's do dinners let's do other stuff and to him, I don't know, and I'm not sure where he is on this. He either wants to hook up with you, and it's not really a friendship to him, or he doesn't want to hook up with you, and you uh, and hang out with you more doesn't let him hook up. Yeah. I mean, there's also that concept that, it, for example, is she just using him as a placeholder until she has a boyfriend? Like, once she finds a boyfriend, does she still need someone to go get single dinners well, with? This is this is the question. It's like you, the idea of friendship between you two, I think, is somewhat of a lie. Like, these two, you know, are – again, the placeholder f- word is perfect for this because how – Using someone is not a one-way street. You, it's, it's a lot of times two people are using each other and it might be that you're using him for one thing and he's using you for another. Or it might, you know, he might be using you as a friend to go on dinners with and then he knows that one step further, it would just be sex and that's it. And he knows that if he goes that next step further, that to you it might be more than that and to him it will never be more than that. So he stops himself from that next thing. And then for her, it might be that, oh, okay, this is a guy that I get to feel good, you know, while being on a date with, and now I don't have to, you know, I get kind of that out of my system. I don't know. I, I think this is a disagreement on what friends is. And I don't know what that is. And someone's lying, and they, or they're both lying. Because someone's he, lying. Because for, if, with my female friends, 
I've never had one of them go, we're not doing enough together. <laughs> you know, like it's a, like, and, and then when I got serious with my girlfriend, I don't get calls from my female friends going, how come we're not doing drinks anymore? And it's like, yeah, I have a girlfriend and I have to do girlfriend stuff with her. You know, like it, it's, it, I'm doing less with all my friends. You know what I mean? Like it's not because you're a woman. It's because I'm just, that's what happens when you get into a more serious relationship. So I would say there's a miscommunication on what this thing is. And, and to me, if I'm this woman, you're putting a lot more thought into this than he's willing to give you. So that means you need to back off. Right? J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Cohen, thank you so much. This is so amazing. Of course, my pleasure. Truly, I it's it's I get to see inside your brain and, and straight relation. I feel like I'm a straight man already. <laughs> you're in. You're 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 on the team. Put on put on your you know your football Longhorn, hat. You know Longhorn, <laughs> Longhorn jersey and all that stuff. Uh, Jake, this is a pleasure. It was great to catch up. I I want everyone to go follow you at Jake Cohen on Instagram. I'll have it all over my page. I'm Jared Freed. We're here Monday through Friday. Uh, keep sending your emails. I keep want to i always want to read your email so jtrainpodcast at gmail.com keep sharing with friends we'll be back next episode boom